to the audio event of the century, featuring two lifelong best friends. We love the Leafs. We love each other. But most of all, we love William Nylander. Welcome to the Buds All Day. Hello and welcome to the Buds All Day Post Game Reaction Podcast. I'm Sats Mundine here with Lebda's Legacy. How's it going, everyone? And we're going to recap the Leafs' unfortunate loss tonight to the Montreal Canadiens in Game 1 of their playoff series. But first, I do want to uh, start the podcast just by bringing up the John Tavares incident. Unfortunately, he uh, it looks like he sustained a concussion from an early hit. Pretty incidental from, uh, from Corey Perry. Took a knee to the head. It looked really bad at first. He got taken off on a stretcher, and it was a, a really scary moment. We just want to wish, send out prayers for John Tavares, wish the best for him. I did see Chris Johnson tweet that he is uh, communicating well, he's stable, he's he's conscious, so that is great to see. Um, you know, it's not not just about getting him back for the Leafs. Obviously, he's a dad, he's a he's a son, he's a he's a husband. You just want to see John Tavares be okay and and be able to still you know live a normal life after hockey. So. Here's hoping that Johnny's okay. Yeah, I think there's just a bit of an unfortunate kind of air around this game. That John Tavares injury is really, really scary looking. Um, you know, clear contact to the head. It wasn't on purpose on Corey Perry's part, but you just hope that, I mean, it's definitely a concussion at this point. You hope there's nothing else wrong with him, and you hope that, you know, that concussion isn't too serious and he can continue being the dad he was and the hockey player he was. But, yeah, it's a night like tonight where – yeah, the you know the playoffs is this big exciting thing, but then you see an injury like that to John Tavares, and you're kind of like, hmm, it's a little bit uh, a little bit more going on to it than just a game of hockey tonight. Yeah, everything with the game kind of becomes secondary at that point. And I don't know about you, but when I was watching it, like the next Anderson scored shortly after, like it it made me disappoint. But like I didn't have those nerves that I had before. It was just kind of like pure sadness, and it's it seems like it. It worked out better, like, from from what it was when he was on the stretcher, it seems to be going as well as it could right now. You're, you're happy to hear that there was no neck injury and, and nothing like that. Like, when you saw that him trying to get up and, and kind of falling back down, and, and then I saw, like, like there was blood on his face, and, and you're like, is he losing a lot of blood or something? So it was just, it was really scary. And I don't know how the players were honestly able to play the rest of that first period to the level they did. Like, I don't fault them for the goal against, like, you can't you can't really focus on hockey in a, in a situation like that. But with that said, uh, we will try to focus on hockey now. We'll get into the game, and like we said, it was a disappointing night. The Habs were able to win two one with goals from Josh Anderson and Paul Byron, while Willie got the uh, the least lone goal. Now, normally I throw it to Lebda and ask him his thoughts on the game, but I know he's a little more negative than I am about this game, so I do kind of want to give the positive outlook first for everyone. I thought the Leafs were pretty good. I mean, considering that they were missing their third best player for the whole game, you know, they hit two posts. They had three penalties that were complete flukes. They uh, they got goalied by Carey Price, which <laughs> we can eat that one for one night. Um, I, I just thought I thought they played pretty well. They had a 63% on the deserve to win meter you know, 56% Corsi four. High danger chances were tied, and they had 52% of the scoring chances. Jack Campbell looked pretty good. You can't really blame either of the goals on him. They were off the rush, somewhat breakaways. I mean, what it what it just came down to me was a lack of finishing touch. You look at you look at Marner and Matthews. They were excellent tonight. They were all over the ice. They had an eighty percent expected goals, but.
but they just didn't have that finishing touch. There were countless times when Marner just kind of bobbled it on a two on one or just at the last second, he didn't, you know, come up with the big play that he's usually so capable of coming up. But I was, I was really impressed with the way that that line was actually able to dominate that imposing first line of Montreal. Yeah, big congrats to them. They really got it done tonight. Great job, guys. You you know you look good on the score sheet, but they they didn't do anything. Like, I, I I understand that when we're looking at a season as a whole, expected goals, being good as a line, all this stuff is good. Playoffs is a seven game series at most, and when your top line comes out and they can't, you know, put a puck past Carey Price, who you know the AHL team could do it. Do we need to call up you know Pavel Gogliev to help finish past Carey Price? You know, our $20 million first line players can't put a puck past them. Like, that's where I'm at with this game. It, it, there's no, there's no excuses for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year in any game whatsoever. So yeah, boom, congrats to them. They played so well tonight, but they didn't finish and they lost the game. We might as well just call that, you know, two nothing for the Habs because we have to watch Frederick Anderson in game four play. So that's an automatic loss. So now the Leafs are battling out of a hole and it, it, it's just not good enough from this team. Once again, I didn't think the 21, uh, yeah, the 2021 Toronto Maple Leafs would be the most pathetic version of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But here we sit after game one versus a horrible, horrible Montreal Canadiens team had one more win than the Ottawa Senators on the season and they can't get, you know, win game one of a playoff game after sitting so long, watching all the other teams come out, perform the playoff hypes throwing th- flowing through them, and then they come out and they can't beat Carey Price. Like, eh. <laughs> uh, I try not to just ramble on and on and just, you know, lay as many curse words as I know out tonight, but it was absolutely pathetic from them. Yeah, I, I disagree with a ton of what you said, to be honest. I think... I think you're going to look back on this game a lot like you looked back on that Vancouver game where they got goalied by Braden Holtby. It just happens sometimes. I know that I know it's the playoffs. I know it's a huge moment. I know all of that stuff. They didn't finish yada, 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 but this isn't game seven. This is game one. The Leafs had a traumatic event happen. Like you cannot discount that. The, the first goal, I'm going to guess probably doesn't happen. They're probably still a little discombobulated from, from what happened with Tavares. And I thought they recovered nicely after that. In the second period, they come out, they came out, they completely owned the period. Willie came out like a house on fire. He was hitting. He scored a nice goal in front. Just proving all of the boomers wrong. Like, I know they didn't have that finishing touch. And I will say I'm I'm disappointed in Marner for his finishing ability tonight. For you know, we had we said there were questions about him coming into the playoffs. He hasn't really proven that he can do it there yet. Tonight, I know it doesn't prove it by results, but I'm still, I know playoffs, it's small samples. Anything can happen, but I'm still going to respect a good process. And the Leafs, they were not as bad as you were making them out to be tonight. They outplayed Montreal. We know Montreal is a good five-on-five team. And they were still able to control the game completely at five-on-five with their, at worst, their third best player. And I like I just can't say enough about that. That is, that is such a huge loss for this team in such a big game. And I was honestly encouraged by the fact that Jack Campbell didn't look out of place. The only the only guy who looked a little out of place in the playoffs so far was, was Rasmus Sandin. That's where I'm really struggling with this team is, you know, we come down, oh, great regular season team. They're a fantastic hockey team. They're built pretty well. But then they have one, you know, bit of adversity. And I don't want to call it a little adversity because having your captain, someone who obviously you care a lot about having something very traumatic happen to you, that can really have detrimental effects to you as a team. And honestly, if they came out after that John Tavares thing and lost 8 nothing because all their heads were out of it, 
I really wouldn't be upset and I'd be like, okay, like I, I understand you're one of your good friends, your captain of your team. That's super scary. Understand why you couldn't play hockey after that regroup come out in game two, but they played pretty well the rest of the game and they just couldn't get it done. Once again, what was the biggest problem against Columbus last year? They couldn't score in the playoffs. Yeah, I I just don't see it that way. I'm not going to criticize them for playing well after such a traumatic event. I like this is the nature of hockey. This is why the odds going into the series were 80% Leafs and not 100% Leafs. Because if you get goalied, sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. I know I said before the playoff series that I'm not giving the Leafs the excuse of getting goalied for an entire series. And I'm not. But when you combine the fact that they got goalied in one game, which you have to admit is always possible to get goalied in one game and they lose their captain. I'm just, I'm not ready to fly off the handle about it. I'm, I'm just, I'm relieved that they continued to play so well in spite of missing Tavares. I think they've shown that they are still clearly the up, the, the better team. Look at, look at the Habs when they lost Brendan Gallagher in the regular season, they became an absolute tire fire piece of junk. We still dominated them without Tavares. So I think the Leafs are going to come out next game. They're going to come out hungry. And they get a couple more bounces. It's a completely different story. They hit two posts tonight. Matthews hit the post. I think Willie hit the post. If just a couple things here and there. The the thing about the Leafs against Columbus was, sure, they got goalie. Sure, it was a 2% shooting percentage. But it was a 2% shooting percentage that you could see the reasons why. All of those shots were coming from the outside. They weren't getting into the dangerous areas. They weren't getting where they needed to go to have success. And I, like tonight you could see it. Price had that big save on the two on one. Like I said, Willie and Matthews both hit the post. There were, there were countless times where the Leafs had chances tonight. They just didn't finish. And I think in over the course of seven games, you just got to hope that the shooters are going to shoot and the players on the Habs, like, like Paul Byron's not going to score an absolute worldie. Like he's never scored in his life. Look at that Marner two on one. That's not getting goalie. That's Mitch Marner not being good enough and not putting the puck in the roof of the net to score a goal at a crucial time for his team. This dude makes $11 million, had a fantastic regular season. And then game one, he can't do the one little thing that he needs to do to, to, you know, get his team past the hump. Same with Austin Matthews. Congrats, dude. You, you looked real cool out there ripping shots off the post. Like I understand this. And if this is a Leafs team who just made a cup run last year, we're probably not freaking out about game one, but this is a Leafs team that got completely embarrassed by a terrible Columbus team. And now again, tonight can't come out and put the puck in the back of the net. Seems to me like there's a bit of a reoccurring theme with this Leafs team come playoff time. I will just say. Remember game one of the 2019 NBA playoffs, the Raptors lost to the Orlando Magic. Kyle Lowry had zero points. Everybody was up in arms and it was forgotten by June because we won the title. It's possible to have one bad game. And I, in my opinion, they didn't have a bad game. Sure. Could they have finished better? Yes. But did they look good? Yes. And I think at this point we should probably get into some other things because I think it's just going to be me and you. Me, neither of us are going to change each other's mind. I'm of the opinion. I think the Leafs still have the upper hand in this series. Maybe it goes six or seven now because, you know, the Habs were able to steal a game and that Tavares loss is going to be absolutely massive. I hope he can come back, but I'm not getting my hopes up for him. I personally just hope the best for his health. But Lebda, at this point, I think we just got to kind of agree to disagree and get into the game a bit here. Now, now one thing that I do want to talk about is I have to eat a little bit of crow now in a way, because we've said this about Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson is either Eric Lindros or he's a house league hockey player. And tonight he was Eric Lindros, 61% expected goals, uh, a goal of his own tonight. And just a pain in the ass all night. I got to 
tip my cap to him. He had a he had a good game. He was definitely probably the Habs' best forward in my eyes. He looked he just looked dangerous. He almost had another goal at one point. You just absolutely hate to see it. I mean, Josh Anderson dominating a game against the Leafs. Wait till we have to play Nathan McKinnon or something. Yeah, he uh, <sighs> that goal. Let's get into that goal itself, actually, because it was a bad play from some of the depth players on the Leafs. That wasn't any of our big guns. That was Joe Thornton made a bad pass to the center of the ice coming over the blue line. Eric Stahl, who, again, we roasted before this series because he has been absolute hot, stinky, poopy garbage for the Habs. And then today he comes in, he picks that pass, he picks the puck off, and he makes a beautiful pass up the center of the ice to Josh Anderson, who was able to split Sandine and Bogosian and... This was the first of two times tonight in which Rasmus Sandin just did not have the speed to cope. I know he's so great with the puck, and I have absolutely loved him and really hope he can slip into the top four. But that lack of speed against a team that likes to join the rush like Montreal could be problematic. That yeah, that third line or third pairing was was pretty pretty butt cheeks tonight. Uh, like both goals, you could probably credit to. Rasmus Sandin tonight. Zach Bogosian looked a little bit slow. Both of them didn't play towards the end of the season. Maybe it's a little rust. Um, maybe Travis Dermott should have played because of that for one of them. But who knows? I mean, that is what Josh Anderson does well. He's a fast guy, gets a breakaway. He does finish. I mean, nothing wrong with what Jack Campbell did there. Nothing wrong with what Jack Campbell did on the whole night. It's just one of those things where, again, you just want the Leafs defenders to just do more in that situation. Yeah, you definitely want more from Sandine. He just he didn't have it that play, and it, it costs us. Those those are the little plays in the playoffs. If you have your depth lines giving you an extra goal or two, or or your depth line is giving up a goal, that's oftentimes the difference in the playoff series because so so frequently in these series, the the top players on either team can play each other evenly. And while our guys absolutely dominated that. Uh, Dan O-line, they weren't able to finish, and the depth scoring was the difference. Like, if you just look at Matthews, Hyman, and Marner tonight, Matthews, 79% expected goals. Marner, 81% expected goals. Hyman, 88%. They possessed the puck in the offensive zone all night. They were wreaking havoc on the Canadians. And we had talked about this Montreal Canadiens first line that is one of the best lines in the league by both expected goals and actual goals. And they were hemmed in their own end all night. Like, you look at Gallagher, 37% expected goals. Dano, 38% expected goals. Like, they were just, they were terrible. And the depth guys couldn't cut it. And and that's not just the defenseman. That is Joe Thornton tonight. Just like you could blame Sandine for both goals, Joe Thornton played a part in, in each of them as well. He made that turnover. And then on top, like, to top things off, he made a turnover on, on the power play leading to the game-winning goal for Paul Byron, too. Yeah, really, honestly, bad night from Joe Thornton. I will give Joe Thornton some credit. When John Tavares was on the ice, he was there constantly talking to him. Like I, I feel like those two clearly have a friendship, so maybe we do give Joe Thornton a little bit of a pass. You know, an older guy is probably thinking a little bit about more f- about his family a little bit more. It's probably weighing a little bit more on his mind. So I think that is maybe one thing to kind of point out about Joe Thornton's night tonight. But I mean, if he comes out and plays that way in game two, hello, Adam Brooks, because I, I just I don't I don't have any time for this Leafs team not performing to expectations. And if anyone's doing that, then you got to come out of the lineup and we got to have one of those young guys actually step up and, and make a play. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we said before this series. We said Keith can try this for game one. He can try this veterans line, see if the veteran savvy, even though 
It doesn't make a ton of sense on paper to have them together. See if they can kind of, you know, show their playoff merit like like Perry and Stahl were able to do tonight. That's what you kind of hope from Thornton and and Spezza and Simmons, and they and they just weren't able to do it. Uh, there obviously is going to have to be somebody new who comes into the lineup next game. I would probably assume that's Alex Galchenyuk. They maybe they slide him onto that uh, onto that second line with Felino and Nylander. Let, let one of Willie or uh, Felino play center. But if on top of that, like you said, if if Thornton's not going to be able to perform better. You you got to ask the question because because look if you look at our bottom six tonight they were horrendous. Alex Kerfoot twenty two percent expected goals. Joe Thornton twenty two percent. Ilya Mikheyev eight percent. Riley Nash six percent. Like the only one that was above water was Spezza at fifty four percent, and that's because he slid up the lineup and played with the other guys at times. It's just not going to cut it from those guys. That That is how Montreal wants to win this series is they want to play our top lines as even as they can. It got a whole lot easier for them tonight without with John Tavares leaving the lineup. And then they're hoping that their depth can beat our depth. And tonight, that is exactly what happened. Yeah, I think Sheldon Keefe got himself a little bit out-coached tonight, too. I know he came out, I can't remember if it was this morning or last night, and said, we're not going to look at matchups. We're just going to let our guys play. And, you know, great job, Sheldon, but you really should be employing that shutdown line in that role. That didn't happen, and Montreal's bottom lines absolutely toasted our bottom line. So I don't necessarily expect many things to change going into game two. I think the Leafs in the room are probably just going to be like, you know what, we had a bit, or we had an incident that happened, took us off our game, let's go into game two and let's try again. But uh, again, I don't have any any patience for anyone in this Leafs lineup that is not coming out 100% and actually performing the way they should be. Yeah, that's fair. They they need to bring it next game. And I like what you said about the lineup matching thing, because if you're going to... I saw... A, like, I know this was early in the game. I didn't watch it too much as the game went on because I was just so focused on the results of the game itself. But there were too many times in that first period where I saw Riley Nash going up against the Jake Evans line. Like, that is not, that is not what you want Riley Nash for, right? Like, he's not going to score... So you don't want to put him against a line that's not going to score. If if Riley Nash is to have any value for this team, it's going to be exactly what you said, shutting down one of those top two lines. And he just didn't do it tonight. Now, now maybe he didn't get those minutes against those guys because he looked so poor. Like, like I said, he only played seven minutes and he had a 6.56 expected goals. So he wasn't good. But if Keith... It was a classic Riley Nash night of the same aspect, though. Zero high danger chances for, zero against. So if if he does those seven minutes against the Toffoli line or against the Dano line, great. That's a, that's a huge win for the Leafs because that allows them to you know to free up Matthews. And like like we said, Matthews this year he's he's played against that Dano line. And I know you say he has fourteen points in ten games against Montreal, but he they were only on the ice for three goals against that Dano line. They're clearly. They're clearly the best chance Montreal all has at shutting them down. So I think that Sheldon Keefe really has to try to use that third line to be able to free up Matthews to just roast and toast like the likes of Eric Stahl. I think Sheldon Keefe made a big mistake tonight not trying to get that Matthews line away. I mean, we say this, they were the Leafs' best line on the night, so maybe it wasn't a huge mistake. Austin Matthews just, for whatever reason, can't finish in the playoffs for the last couple of years. I mean, that's probably too bold of a statement, but him and Mitch Marner were not good enough finishing tonight. I think maybe Sheldon Keefe probably rolls the dice at them finishing in game two. So uh, I don't know. 
it, it's hard to really see what Sheldon Keefe is going to do in game two because, like we said, John Tavares is injured. He's not going to play. Who's going to play that center role? You mentioned Alex Kerfoot. Uh, I think you said like 22% expected goals or something like that on the evening. Like you can't have that on your second line with William Nylander and Felino. So they definitely need to figure that out. Maybe they put Joe Thornton on the first line, drop Zach Hyman with Nylander and try and find a center that can keep up with them. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah. They do need to find a configuration in that top six to, to optimize those guys to like, I don't know if you leave like Hyman on that line. They were deadly tonight. And I think, I think that Keith is probably going to want to try to keep them together. So I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to patch a, a second line together uh, with Willie Gallagher and, or Gallagher, I wish, Willie Galchenyuk and Felino and just kind of ride the Matthews line like he did tonight. Like you had Marner, 27 minutes, Hyman, 24 minutes, Matthews, 23 minutes. So those guys were playing, and I think we're going to see a lot of that in this series. Nylander, only 16 minutes. That's another inexcusable play from, from Sheldon Keefe. Like, you're down John Tavares. You got to ride Willie more. He was mixing and mashing the lines. And to only see Will 17 or 16, 40 from Willie is just not enough. And we, I have, I see someone in the comments asking why Felino only played 12 minutes. That's a good question too, because he's our big trade deadline acquisition. I know he had that fight. So that took him out for five minutes, but when you're missing John Tavares, you got to ride these guys a little harder. And I would like to see a Felino. I don't know if they're going to put Galchenyuk on that line just because he's not as defensively responsible. I wonder if they if they put Willie with Felino and Kerfoot to kind of make that line a bit more defensively responsible and just hope to play the Habs second line even. It's it's a big question mark where they go with this lineup for game two. I have no idea how it's going to work. I think if you're hoping that second line plays them to even with William Nylander, I think we're we're again, we're in some serious trouble. William Nylander needs to produce offense for this team. Um, especially, you know, that Dano Gallagher line is pretty effective at a sh- not even pretty effective is a very effective shutdown role. What happens if they actually do clamp down the first line? And then our second line is, you know, has some defense first mentality with William Nylander on it. Like, I think then we're in some deep, deep trouble. I, I, I really honestly do wonder if it needs to be, uh, like Adam Brooks and Jason Spezza, you call up Nick Robertson, put him in on that lineup. He was good, you know, expected goals wise. He was decent defensively, Nick Robertson. Like, I don't know if he'll get shelled out there, but you need that second line to be pumping offense to take advantage of the, of the third, third line of Montreal, fourth line of Montreal. Like you need that second line to score. Yeah. I, I don't hate that idea. To be honest, we, we might need that offensive firepower without Tavares because really, if it's not going to be, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, or Hyman. And then, you know, Spezza when he chips in, but he's not going to chip in on that fourth line the way it's currently constructed. There's not, you're not getting offense from anybody else in that bottom six. Felino, good player, very solid defensively, but he's not going to drive a line offensively. Mikheyev, same. Kerfoot, same. Nash, same. You know, Thornton, Simmons, same. So, yeah, adding a guy like... uh <clears throat> like a Nick Robertson into the lineup or maybe an Adam Brooks. I think Keith has to try to get creative here. And maybe if you do call, like I, I can see how Galchenyuk's probably going to end up in this game. I think what they'll try to do is give that second line some of the, because Galchenyuk's defensive deficiencies, I could see him getting put on that second line and then giving them a bit of an easier competition. Like, like they're going to probably now hard, ma- not hard match, but they're not going to try to, 
shy away from that Dano matchup too much unless it's with the Riley Nash line. And then they're going to count on Matthews there. And then that second line is just going to have to, Willie's going to have to play out of his mind for the rest of the series to be. Willie Nylander does need someone to help him drive play and take advantage of how good of a player Nylander is. So uh, like Adam Brooks, we saw him on the fourth line, maybe second line minutes is too much for him, but he helped Spezza and Thornton drive play on that third, on that fourth line. I honestly really think Adam Brooks should get at least a wing spot, if not the center role on that second line. Drop Zach Hyman down on him. So you have Hyman and Nylander, two really strong wingers. You're going to sacrifice that first line a little bit. I understand that it's not ideal, but things change. And then you have two lines that should be able to, should be able to drive play and should be able to put the puck in the net. That's an interesting thought. I did not, I did not think that coming into this game, we would be talking about potential second line center, Adam Brooks. And I definitely, like, while it's a creative idea, I obviously don't think Keith is going to try that. I'm curious if he splits up that first line, but to be honest, they were so good tonight. I think he might just leave them together. But there is a scenario where if you do want to kind of create balanced scoring throughout the lineup where you put Thornton on that, on that first line to start, maybe. And you hope that they can kind of have the chemistry that they had throughout the season and then let Hyman help that second line. And then maybe if you're down late in the game, you throw Hyman back on that first line again, just to, just to supercharge that offense. I, I think that's a good strategy. Throw, I'd, I'd say throw Joe Thornton on that first line with Matthews and Marner, give Joe Thornton like nine minutes maximum in the game. Zach Hyman gets the rest or, or maybe Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton have a little combo throw Pierre Engvall in on the fourth line, third line, wherever you want to put him. Adam Brooks at 2C. Then you have a little bit more, you know, kind of depth around and guys that are a little bit better at driving play. And I think it just balances out a little bit more. You don't have to be so reliant on that first line, but that first line has been good this year, so they can definitely get it done. Like, they got, they got to get something going. They, they lost game one. It, it, it really, really frustrated me. I, you know, I had a bit of a tantrum. I'm not gonna lie. We had to wait 20 minutes to record this bad boy because because you had to take a walk. <laughs> Isn't the end of the world? It really shouldn't be with this team. They should still win this series. Uh, but but at this point, like the Leafs don't. They have they have zero time. This game. This is the only one that they can lose in this manner. Like they, if they lose because their backup goalie plays and he sucks, that's okay. This is the only game that the Leafs kind of have this little bit of a pass where they couldn't get goals past Carey Price or, you know, they outplayed the team, but, but they couldn't get the win. Boom. That's their one shot this series. If it happens again, like they're toast. Um, so it's really not a time for Sheldon Keefe to be patient with that old man line. Be patient with a, a second line with Alex Kerfoot on it. I mean, if Alex Kerfoot needs to get benched because he's not playing well, I know he makes a lot of money. It's playoff time. Like there, there can be no more patience for Sheldon Keefe and his coaching staff. That comes for his lineup decisions. That comes for the power play now because they didn't score again. They weren't terrible, but he, he needs to really encourage desperation within this lineup and i think it does come from him either tinkering or messing around or trying new things constantly here until they can get on a roll yeah i think i think that's a great point this is a time where sheldon keith really has to shine because of the way like you have matthews and marner who you know can play 25 minutes so i think it's about just kind of sprinkling in the lineup properly i don't think you want to see that spezza simmons thornton line again because they weren't able to control play so if you can, you know, get get nine minutes out of Joe Thornton on the top line, that that allows you to spread out Zach Hyman lower in the lineup. Maybe another thing I wouldn't mind seeing would see be if if maybe you have Kerfoot 
between Spezza and Willie for a couple shifts. Get two offensive guys that way. We know Spezza's been good on the wing. He can score. So there's a lot of different configurations to this lineup that that I think uh, I think Keith could use, and there there should be. It's it's time for him to step up because there's a lot of guys that you like. There's a lot of guys you could throw in. You could throw in Galchenyuk for a little more offense. You could, uh, if you wanted to move some guys up the lineup and then, you know, still use that, that Riley Nash line to, to hope that they can shut someone down. Maybe even you call up Pierre Engvall to, to help that line a little bit. It's, it's going to be, I'm very curious to see what he does, but I don't, I think this is going to be one of those games where when, when you and I are looking at the line sheets on uh, natural stat trick after the game, that there's about 17 different line combinations that have played about four or five minutes together. Yeah, I even wonder if you throw Travis Dermott in the lineup as your seventh defenseman and scratch your your fourth line center, and then you have Spezza and Thornton or Spezza and Simmons or like what whatever two players of those you want in the lineup, and then you have Austin Matthews, William Nylander taking extra shifts, Mitch Marner taking extra shifts with the fourth line, balance it out a little bit that way. Then if Rasmus Sandin looks kind of as bad as he did tonight. Travis Dermott, a little bit more defense, a little bit calmer, can still move the puck a bit, not to Sandine's ability, but can at least, you know, maybe provide a little bit more stability at the Leafs' bottom end, cut out a little bit of that Montreal's, you know, bottom six ability to dominate the Leafs. So, uh, yeah, there, there's lots of options for Sheldon Keefe. We spent our, half of our, you know, playoff preview podcast talking about all these options that uh, it's time to see if he can, you know, put them in place and, and find something that works for the Leafs. I think I think that they just have too many valuable options that they could call up on forward to do that. If you're gonna call up, like if you wanna, if you're scared of Sandine, then I think you just have to sit him because getting an extra offensive player like Galchenyuk in there or getting a speedy guy like Engvall, who we know is good defensively, I think that's a lot more important than getting a seventh defenseman because if you're throwing Dermot in basically as a seventh D, you're basically playing him at five on five and Sandine on the power play. And while Sandine is, has been good on the power play, he looked good at times tonight on the power play too. I, I don't know if you can justify taking out a Galchenyuk or, or another potential, you know, forward help when we're already running a little short. Like, like that's 20 minutes that John Tavares eats that we have to fill up. All right. Now we do have to get into the stars of this very disappointing game, but. They weren't all disappointing players tonight. And one guy that I particularly want to shout out is Morgan Riley because Lebda, you and I, we love to give him grief when he makes his defensive gaffes, his bad turnovers, or his odd man rushes he gives up. But tonight he was exceptional. He had a 68% expected goals in, in 16 even strength minutes. He was flying all night. He created chance after chance. I think he played a part in that uh, that Willie Nylander goal. I believe he was the defenseman that got it to the net. It's kind of coming off the top of my head right now, but he just he looked incredible all night and he deserves he deserves a lot of praise for his performance. Yeah, I think Morgan Riley was the best player on the ice, maybe even in the entire game, definitely for the Leafs. I mean, the first line you can say they performed really well, expected goals possession wise. That's cool. They get paid to score goals. They didn't do that. Morgan Riley gets paid to provide some offense, which I think he did well. But he's also a defenseman. He kept one, you know, goal out of the net with a nice block. Was flying out there. Really, really good performance for Morgan Riley. Someone who I was really worried about, not necessarily coming into this series specifically, but going into the playoffs. We know he loves that huge, you know, misreader defensive air. He did none of that tonight. He looked really, really solid. Yeah, he was great. And I did just double check. He did, uh, he did have the point shot that led to that goal. And I like what you mentioned about the block too. He, he saved a clear cut goal. That was a, 
that was a nice save for a goalie to make, let alone a defenseman. So that was really encouraging to see if he can perform like that the rest of the way. Honestly, if most of these guys perform the same, we just finish a little better. I'm very confident in this team still. Now, Lebda, who is your star? The only other option that wasn't Morgan Riley for me is Jack Campbell. I think when that Tavares injury happened, I think the people that it could have affected most is goaltenders. We know goalies are creatures of habit. They're, you know, they have their routines. They're set, set in their kind of ways, what gets them dialed in for a game. And if that's direct, disrupted and we know what kind of guy Jack Campbell is, he's a caring teammate. You know, the guys love him. So, you know, that probably did, did affect him a little bit for him to, you know, settle into the game play fairly well. None of the goals were his fault. He made some, you know, pretty big saves. Um, got a little luck with that Riley block, but I, I think Jack Campbell deserves the star of the game for me. Well, no one else certainly deserves it. So I think I'll give it to him. <laughs> I'll disagree with that because you could make an argument for William Nylander. He was flying out there at times tonight. He got that nice goal in the garbage area. A nice hit. He honestly, there, there are a lot of guys who I would give it to tonight. Like Matthews and Martin with a little more finish. They could have been like, they could have been like superstars with five points, but Sometimes it doesn't work that way, and that's the way it goes. But the way Campbell performed, if he performs like that the rest of the series, I think the Leafs win. Um, I would have been a lot more confident in saying that if he had John Tavares on his team still. But even without Tavares, I think that that goaltending is going to work because Carey Price, you you know, you guys all know how we feel about him. We said he's been washed for four years. He's got like a 909 save percentage over the last four years. And everybody said, oh, he's going to be so good because of the bubble. He was good in the bubble with a 936. Well, guess what? Fred had one in a 936 in the bubble as well. And guess what else happened? We absolutely ate crow tonight. Carey Price was good. I will say, though, two posts hit by the Leafs really could change that. And we also did say that. Any goalie is capable of getting hot at any time and that Carey Price was just less likely to do so. And I still believe that. I don't like that we gave him confidence going into the night tonight, like going into the rest of the series, but I'm not going to be surprised if there's a game in the next couple of days where we put five past him. Yeah, I mean, if you're a goalie who's having a tough time playing playing position for the season, just play the Leafs in the playoffs and watch them just float wristers into your chest because holy crap, did Carey Price have an easy night tonight? Um, be, yeah, hopefully, uh, he returns a little bit back to the normal carry price and we can actually, you know, get the normal Austin Matthews and normal Mitch Marner finishing the, the chances. But I mean, tonight, like we did, didn't really make carry prices life difficult. No, we could have made it a lot harder, but he did. He still had to make some big saves. I, I gotta say for my final thoughts, I just, I still believe in this team. I I really liked the way they responded after after that first period. After Tavares was gone, they still owned the game. I think they're going to come out with a huge performance on Saturday. I think it might still be a one goal game, but I just I feel I feel a victory coming, Lebda. What do you feel for the next game? What's your What's your revised series prediction right now? Habs and five. Really, that's a real prediction from you. And I, I I'm not just. That's that's a that's a genuine prediction right now. I'm not just trying to be a, a big pouty puss who's overreacting to the game. I I, I I I don't know what to say about this team. Once again, they can't get it done. I understand bad things happen. That's a very traumatic effect. I understand how that could affect your play. But they came out and played well, and I'm not going to fault them for playing well because that does take courage and that does you know take a lot of stones to be able to do and get get past that kind of traumatic incident. But they couldn't get it done once again. They couldn't find the puck 
or away past Carey Price, who's not a good goalie. Like it, it's just all these things that we've talked about, and all oh, this Leafs team has been different all season. They look different. They can defend leads and all that. And then we get to the playoffs, and they look the exact same as they did against Columbus, and it looked the exact same. And you know those game sevens where they couldn't couldn't get over that hump. So honestly, right now, dude, Habs in five. If I was a betting man, that's what I would put my money on. Well, given the Tavares injury, I will have to revise my Leafs in five prediction. I I don't. I hope that happens, but I don't think it does. I still think it's Leafs in six or sevens. I think. I think with us knowing, like, like we're not gonna have the shock of missing Tavares again. The, they'll be able to game plan for it. Keith is going to have time between these games to think about how he wants to work his lines, how he wants to, you know, mix and match throughout the game to get to get maximum offensive opportunities. I think the Leafs will adjust nicely, and I really think and really hope that Carey Price goes back to being the pumpkin he is. But yeah, Leafs in Leafs in six is my final prediction. I'm sticking with it. I believe in these boys, uh, dude. I hope you're right. Like I hope more than anyone else, you are right. I, I'm not. I'm not going to repeat myself for the you know 18th time tonight. But I, I really, really do hope your your kind of faith in this team is uh, is the correct take to be to be taking come two weeks time. Well, we will find out, and it, it'll be fun to watch. It was like outside of the Tavares part, like the rest of the game was pretty fun. It was a solid game. Um, yeah, just we need Matthews to show up. I just think the like. You're not going to keep him down for that long. The bounces will eventually fall for him. He's not going to hit the post every time. He's just going to do it, baby. Leafs in six. Let's go. Alrighty, guys. That about does it. Enough of me being, you know, a big old gloomer. Um, if you did, did enjoy this podcast, trust me, the Leafs win. They will be as bit exciting as they were gloomy tonight. I promise you that. Um, just a, you know, struggling Leaf fan here, but. Like I said, if you did enjoy, please like, comment, subscribe on stuff, uh, retweet, tell your friends about the podcast, share it with everyone. We're going to be, you know, doing these kind of live reactions on Twitch and YouTube after every playoff game, uh, podcast consistently reaction after every game. So, you know, lots of exciting stuff coming from our end. Hopefully the Leafs can, you know, not lay a donut next game and we can finally be excited about this team in the playoffs. But yeah, anything else uh, there, Sats? I'm good. All, all I've got to say is the buds are still all day. We're going to win, baby. Leafs and six.